Welcome to the Shorthand States here on the Guernsey Press Politics Podcast. I'm Simon Delarue and with me is Matt Fallais and we've been uh, sitting through a day of debate here at the Royal Court and it seems like no time at all since uh, we were last here, Matt, a rather memorable four-day meeting that took place uh, not so long ago. This time we're all about the budget. Yeah, the states are almost permanently in session at the moment, aren't they? Because there's another meeting in a fortnight's time. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is the, the, the 2024 draft budget that PNR is putting forward. Um, Deputy Mark Hellyer, the Treasury lead, arrived for the meeting this morning, not really knowing whether he would have the opportunity to, to present his budget, didn't he? Because there was a, a, an attempt to bring forward debate on a motion of no confidence in the Policy and Resources Committee, which is being led by Deputy Charles Parkinson. Uh, but that was defeated. You, you can say more about that in a, in a moment because you were covering that debate. But Deputy Elliott did get the chance to to present what was his is his fourth budget, maybe his final budget if PNR loses the motion of no confidence later this month. Uh, but he set out, I mean, really unsurprisingly, I suppose, quite a pessimistic, cautious message to the states. He painted a picture of declining reserves, inadequate revenues to. Uh, meet states' current expenditure and future capital needs. Um, uh, the Policy and Resources Committee having not been able to hold a projected expenditure next year to uh, the no real terms increase that it wanted. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't a very upbeat message about the, the state of the condition of states' finances. Um, and he also urged states members not to pass any of the more far-reaching amendments they're debating. So I, I think there are 15 or 16 amendments laid now. Uh, there are some which policy and resources are are, uh, are, uh, are prepared to accept, but most they are opposing and asking the states to reject them. And, and so far, they have been successful in defeating unwanted amendments, haven't they? Yeah, and uh, presumably that you'll, that will extend to not wanting to approve or give their support to any amendments that include significant uh, extra borrowing on top of what they've already agreed to last month. But we may have to wait and see on that because there seems to be some support for education's uh, predicament that resulted from the last uh, meeting. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the first amendment that uh, was debated was oh, I've lost track now. What was the first one? That was debated? Uh, I think Deputy Gollop. Oh, that was uh, the income tax mm-hmm. increase. Yeah, yeah, to to put uh, to in, increase income tax to twenty two p in the pound on earnings over eighty thousand pounds a year. Yeah. So how did that go? So uh, it was defeated. Uh, there were only nine members, including Deputy Gollop, who voted for it. Um, I mean, the theme of the debate really was not so much a- opposing in principle that that move, but saying uh, if it's going to be done, potentially it needs to be done in conjunction with Jersey and the Isle of Man, and it needs to be done after much more consultation, not, you know, off the back of a, of a, of a budget amendment produced at seven days' notice. Um, I think, I mean, 20p in the pound has been Guernsey's standard single flat rate of tax for more than 60 years. There are still some members who regard it as untouchable, but I think that argument is beginning to fade. I, I, you know, I think there are more states members saying, in principle, it might be necessary actually to do something with income tax and look at higher rates for higher earners or even play around with the basic rates. Um, 
they're still very cautious about actually doing it. But I think that it, it is now at least an open discussion, whereas at, at, uh, at one point it was regarded as, as you know, it would scare the horses so much that you couldn't even debate it in the States. I imagine that one, one uh, uh, consequence of having it very widely publicly debated might be that GST by comparison becomes less unpalatable to the, to the general public. Well, we'll have to wait and see about that, I suppose. Um, then uh, there was uh, another uh, move to uh, bring in a bit more money, although it wasn't really specified how much uh, this would uh, bring in. This was led by Deputy Chris Letissier, backed by uh, Deputy David Delisle and not many others, frankly. Uh, and it was an attempt to uh, get rid of the tax cap or uh, phase it out, or alternatively, there were three options, um, uh, keep it but increase it uh, by a large amount. So currently, um, you're able to uh, limit the amount of tax you pay if you're lucky enough to be liable to pay £150,000 worth of tax or more, which for which you have to be earning about three quarters of a million, I think. Um, and uh, you can limit that on um, uh, qualifying income or um, to limit it to 250000 in respect of a global income. Um, and so there was a, 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 an idea that you might want to get rid of that. Now, I thought this tax cap arrangement had been in place for many, many years, but uh, Deputy Charles Parkinson uh, re uh, revealed, or at least it was new to me, that uh, he brought it in during the 2008-2012 um, uh, term of the states. Um, and so on this one, um, well, the proposers were saying it's unfair. It means that, um, you know, the very wealthiest people are not having to pay the 20% um, on their earnings that many other people with much less money are having to pay. Um, others uh, opposed to them were saying, well, no, actually these there are only about 30 people that fall into this category and they are in many cases uh, providing uh, philanthropy, um, uh, use, uh, providing a lot of money through their, their tax payments might be um, by a percentage less but actually it amounts to a huge amount of income and if we uh, don't keep them here on the island then the island will actually suffer economically. Um, in fact, Deputy Trot said at one point he had expected the number um, which had been requested by Deputy Letitia to be about seven or eight, but it turned out to be 30. And he said, well, that's a good thing. The more of these people that we have on the island, the more they're going to bring in. And that seemed to be the sort of majority view because, in fact, uh, Deputy Letitia was only able to attract um, four, uh, three and six votes, respectively, for the three um, propositions that he put forward to. And so that idea of getting rid of the tax cap fell away and those with that kind of money are able to carry on enjoying that limit to the amount of tax they pay. Still took two and a half hours to debate. This. It really did, yeah. it, didn't it? I mean, this is, this, the, the, the um, amount of time taken to debate a an amendment is far more proportional to how early in the in the week it is. Like, oh, we've got a whole day, so we'll just spend the whole day talking about this, than it is to how much uh, how much jeopardy there is in the vote ultimately, isn't there? Yeah, and, and, and we may see the, the business speed up because the bailiff has already told states members if they want to meet on Friday, they won't have him or the deputy bailiff as the presiding officers because they're otherwise engaged and they won't have the use of the Royal Court either. So uh, the, I don't know, they could sit if they wanted on Friday, but they'll have to find somewhere else to sit because it looks as if it won't be in their nor in the normal states chamber. Yeah, so it could be uh, well in St James if available, or both for sure with uh, Deputy Gollop presiding. 
Um, or it's, I don't know, in a, in a kiosk somewhere on the West Coast, who knows? It's more likely they'll, they'll speed up their business and finish on Thursday, won't they? Yeah, well, we, should, we, we can but hope. Um, no, it's, we do need to mention that, um, you, you did mention it a little bit earlier on, that before anything even got underway today, there was a, uh, a motion to uh, bring forward the motion of no confidence debate. Um, so as you said, it's actually now going to take place on the 22nd of November, which was the plan already. Um, but it was Deputy Carl Mirveld, the President of the State Assembly and Constitution Committee, backed by his uh, Vice President, who wanted it done first before the budget. He said it was a bad idea to go through a budget debate where really significant amendments are going to be um, decided upon when the people leading the policy paper and then responsible for taking the results away and starting work on them uh, might very well change so get get our lineup sorted out and then and then take it from there uh, deputy simon fairclough was one who agreed with that he said that the public perception out there is uh, of us is all, uh, an all-time low um, they really expect us to get our house in order um, we need to address the herd of elephants in the room he said and just get this sorted out then we can get on with the budget um, he pointed out that the next meeting in november uh, later November later this month is uh, actually going to coincide with the government work plan so there's never a good time he was pointing out to get this sort of thing sorted out but uh, ultimately um, although there are uh, a reasonable number of deputies who, who fell in line with that way of thinking uh, the motion did fail so we went ahead with plan a yeah I mean I, I thought that uh, it was a, a despairing debate really because um, it, it was a legitimate case to, to say Actually, a motion of no confidence has been submitted in our senior committee. Everybody around here knows that it's, it, the vote is going to be very close. I and mean, it could be 20 all, or it could be determined by one or two votes. So, you know, PNR is in some difficulty. And it is quite uh, difficult for them to present and carry the authority of the states over something as important as the budget with a motion of no confidence hanging over them. There is a, an almost equally good argument the other way for saying actually the budget is more pressing than the motion of no confidence and should continue to be taken first so you know i thought there were two good cases to be made and yet there were a number of, of members who spoke in that debate on bringing the motion of no confidence forward who just seemed completely outraged and offended that uh, Tepity Meerveld had brought this motion a proposing reordering debate and that there is a bit of a kind of underlying um tone about this state isn't there that of, of um even more than indifference I mean, impatience with having to debate what are kind of quite normal orthodox parliamentary motions i mean it is a parliament it is a debating chamber these are perfectly reasonable legitimate debates to bring it is possible to be in disagreement with something that another member is proposing without being offended by it and outraged by it. Yeah, the, 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 um, the, the in his concluding speech, Deputy Mirabelle said, well, don't shoot the messenger. You know, I, um, it, it don't get up you know, emotionally in the, exactly the way you're describing. But I've, I've heard the same accusation being levelled at him in the past. Yes. And I think yeah. there is on, on, all, on all sides, not necessarily all 40 members, but certainly there, there are a lot of thin skins in there compared to perhaps some of the old stages that we've seen in the past operating in a way that they don't seem to care what's said about them, though they just get on with the business. Um, but, uh, well, I have to say at the same time, it's what we've heard since that debate has been fairly, fairly businesslike. Yeah, I agree. People getting on with yeah. the job of debating the budget, which uh, Deputy Ed Matthews this morning during that uh, debate had said, well, look, you know, once we get going, we're just going to be discussing the 
the evidence-based um, proposals in front of us, that it won't actually matter who's seated in those five political seats. And I thought that seems to have been borne out in what we've heard. So yeah, that is true. I mean, it's the, the, the nature of the, of debate on the budget itself so far has been has been quite good, hasn't it? The, the big debate on around the budget will be in relation to education's capital project. And there is a great deal of, of scrutiny on, on policy and resources and how it advises the states to vote on that because for two years it has been saying we need to balance the books. If we want to spend more and we want to borrow more, we've got to raise more revenue. And of course they have failed to persuade the states of the need to raise more revenue. And yet there is now this proposal that's come forward from education to, to borrow up to £200 million more uh, and add back into the list of capital projects to carry out uh, their their reorganisation of secondary and further education. I mean, perfectly understandable that education wants to do that, but it is a big test for PNR and a big test for the states, which will come later in the week. Yeah, and a, a debate which is far more likely to uh, light a bit more blue-touch paper than uh, we've seen so far. Um, as a parent of uh, a, a child at a secondary school and a, a child at a primary school, I've received two emails today uh, from Education, Sport and Culture via the head teachers uh, with uh, many, many pages for me to go home and uh, read tonight. That's my homework. Uh, that's, that'll be fun. Um, and uh, then we'll be back, yes, right here to uh, follow uh, all 16 amendments. How many have we done? We've only had four or three or four now. Um, of the amendments so far, so we've got plenty more to go. Um, so we'll keep you informed of what's transpired here at the Royal Court, which you probably hear by the echo we are inside of at the moment, uh, because uh, they've literally only just finished as they've uh, walked out. At the end of day one, we'll be back here for day two. But for now, goodbye. Good night. Good night.